Welcome to Manage This, the podcast by project managers for project managers. This is our chance to meet with you and dig into what you think is important in the world of project management. Maybe you're new to the field, have questions about certifications, or perhaps you've been in the trenches for years with multiple projects under your belt. Whatever the case, we're here to give you some insight, some ideas, some principles that you can use and hopefully avoid some hazards along the way. I'm your host, Nick Walker, and with me are the in-house experts at all this, Andy Crow and Bill Yates. And Andy, we have a guest with us today who can, among other things, probably answer the question, who are you going to call? You know, it's, it's exciting as we start looking at this and looking at artificial intelligence. This is something a lot of our listeners brush up against. And there's so much going on in this field that it's going to touch all of our lives. So uh, we're really excited to have Adam in here today. Adam Hoffman is a product manager at CallRail, an Atlanta-based startup focusing on call analytics. His role is focused primarily on the company's conversation intelligence products, which are centered on artificial intelligence and machine learning. Adam, welcome to Matters This. Thank you very much for having me. So, Adam, I'm wondering if you could, first of all, maybe just paint a picture in our minds of, of how your products work, what do they do? Give us a scenario of how they're used. Yeah, so um, primarily CallRail is a call analytics and call um, intelligence platform. Um, so we have a lot of marketing agencies that use us um, with, you know, with clients who um, they have phone numbers on their website. They, you know, put phone numbers on a postcard or on a billboard and really want to know where those calls um, are coming from and how many people are calling those, you know, calling those different campaigns that they have. Um, so we give uh, those customers phone numbers um, and those phone numbers actually forward to um, they forward to a business number of that um, of that company. Um, so when that call forwards, CallRail is able to capture the information from that caller, um, whether it's basic information like the caller's uh, city and state that they're calling from, or the caller's name, or you know, in certain scenarios, whether they visited a website or they searched in a keyword or um, or they visited a certain campaign before they before they placed the phone call. So um, with that, those companies are able to really make better and smarter marketing decisions. Um, and they're really able to hone in on what is being successful for them and grow. So if I call into a, a certain business and I get a recording that says, this call may be monitored for you know, evaluation, right. that might be you. Yeah. So um, some of our customers choose to record their phone calls. Um, I would say about 80% of our customers choose to use that feature. Um, and that's really based on, you know, local laws. And, you know, they kind of have to, um, they kind of have to be aware of, you know, do we have to let these people know that these calls are being recorded? Um, in most cases, it's yes. Um, but um, they are able to use that. Um, and we're able to actually use that to um, build more analytic um, analytics products around that um, and be able to like from a customer standpoint they're able to listen to a call after it happens and really analyze the quality of a call um, and going forward CallRail um, with these new products that we're building in the call intelligence um, world um, is able to do that um, without them having to listen to a call using like artificial intelligence and machine learning. So how did you initially get into all this? <laughs> Good question. Um, <laughs> if you had asked me like 
two and a half years ago, if I thought that I was going to be a product manager for a software company, I'd been like, well, maybe, but I don't really know. <laughs> um, really, when I moved to Atlanta about four and a half years ago, got just fascinated by um, by startups. And, um, I was, I was, um, working out of Atlanta tech village for a while. Um, just kind of doing, um, copywriting for, you know, different startups and different companies and really just got fascinated by how startups work. Um, really what it looks like to be successful as a startup, um, what it looks like to do it wrong. Hmm. Um, and, um, throughout time, um, all of a sudden call rail kind of came up in my Twitter feed and, they got, you know, some funding from, um, some capital investors. And, um, I took that as my opportunity to, you know, reach out to the CEO directly and, and tweeted at him and said, Hey, you know, I think you can use me. Um, and then from there I had multiple interviews and I ended up actually on the customer support team, um, for about eight months and then moved towards, um, the product side of things that's when I started to become aware that I might be pretty good at this. Um, and they recognized that, which was awesome. So hmm. now I know Andy and Bill have some questions about the nuts and bolts of, 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 of how, how this works. Bill. Yeah. I, I, I love the, uh, the way that you came into a startup and you're, and you pursued them and then you saw that, um, uh, the opportunity and, and took advantage of it. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. And it, it's really cool to me to see that, you kind of went in as a problem solver. You were looking and seeing, okay, these are ways that customers are struggling right now. How can we make a better product? Right. So here's where I want to start to jump into the project management side. As you were influencing the product and building more features and capabilities, we're talking artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. So how, when you're looking at requirements and figuring out what can we add to this product or not, what can we build out? How could you determine, you know, this is something that we can do. This is something that we can't do. This exists. Mm-hmm. This does not. This right. capability and, you know, figuring out. So you're vetting customer needs with viable requirements. How did how did that work out? Um, really, like from the start, um, from a process standpoint, um, for CallRail, we, you know, experimented a lot with um, with what specific processes worked the best. Mm. Um, so at the beginning, when I started that role, it was it was kind of disorganized, which was okay. Um, and we felt, we felt okay with that. Um, but throughout time, it just got more and more, um, it got more and more organized from the more projects that we did. Right. Um, it used to be that we would have an idea and we would go, yeah, let's develop that and let's build that. And then we would build it. Um, and it would take a long time. Um, but now that we have like processes in place and, um, and we're using, you know, we're using like a agile, um, ish sort of process, mm-hmm. um, that is, you know, has taken our, um, project time down dramatically. Um, and, um, from actually like starting to get the idea of, we want to build a conversation intelligence, you know, platform. Um, and we want to use machine learning to accomplish that. Um, that just came as an idea and was presented to me as like, do you want to work on this? And I said, yeah, I don't know really anything about that, but I can sure <laughs> learn. Um, yeah. So, uh, I took a lot of time. Um, I took the first three months of the project, basically like learning as much as mm. I could about, 
artificial intelligence, about machine learning, about like natural language processing, um, about what that looks like. Um, and we actually worked with a third-party um, provider to to help us um, kind of start with that process. Mm. Um, and after that, we kind of decided like, hey, we can you know we can possibly build this ourselves. Okay. Um, and really, like it took it took a full year for us to get um, for us to get the initial product um, out. Um, the initial models out and for customers to like start using them and us to kind of ideate from that. Um, but it's always just a constant, like constant learning about how people are using it and a constant struggle of like, what do we include and what do we not? Mm. And it would be great to, you know, do this, but the technology's not quite there yet. Um, and you know, how do we, we need to give customers an expectation of like, this is the accuracy that you can expect right. and we're constantly trying to improve on it and allowing them to use it but also you know helping them understand that it's not going to be perfect and that it's you know amazing that a computer can do this yeah. um but yeah from a project side like it's been a whirlwind of of different things <laughs> every day which i love um yeah Adam, I've got a question for you, um, and I want to come back to the the sort of agile-ish approach you mm-hmm. guys use in just a minute. But what can you tell our listeners about the the technology or the platform this is built on? How do you how do you build something like this? And I assume um, you guys probably didn't try and solve the natural language uh, problem on your own. That's right. that's that problem's already been solved by somebody. You ought yeah. to be able to incorporate. But in general, how do you? Um, what kind of technology do you use for for something as impressive as this? We built the uh, model that we're currently using um, using Python um, language, and we researched a ton about you know what algorithms are used in natural language processing and which ones are proven to work and which ones can we experiment with and combine you know with other proven ones right. to get the model that we really wanted for our customers. Um, and from the technical side, that the brains behind all that is um, the main developer that I work with. She's probably one of the smartest people at CallRail. And, wow. and I don't know how any of this would have been possible without her. Um, but um, she really took on the brunt of that challenge and said, you know, I'm going to research. I'm going to learn about this. She was at one point taking three different three different AI and machine learning classes and, um, and also studying for her masters and also working at call rail. Like it was just like, when do you, it was like a, when do you sleep kind of, (laughs) kind of thing. But, um, yeah, so primarily, um, we built it on Python. We actually started experimenting with, um, multiple models, um, Mm -hmm. with, um, throughout the different verticals that our customers were, you know, using, whether it was, you know, whether they cared about appointments or whether they right. cared about, um, you know, requesting like a free trial of a product or um, quoting for a specific price. Um, we experimented with that and um, then, you know, started to realize that like we could possibly just build a single model. Um, and now we're, you know, really experimenting with that some more hmm. um, around that. So, uh, most of our listeners are involved in project management in some way. Most of them are project managers. And when you look at something like this, so it's interesting. I've got, I've got um, two friends that own companies that 
they're not exactly what you do by any stretch, but they both, uh, one is Orchitech and the other is Doc Auto, and they both um, analyze large bodies of data. Most of these are written documents, you know, and they mm-hmm. analyze them and try and apply um, machine learning. Yep. And, uh, and, and machine learning, just uh, for anyone who, who maybe isn't familiar with it, the idea is just that the software gets smarter. The more it's exposed to, um, it can learn from mistakes, it can incorporate new information. So uh, that's more or less what I'm talking about when I talk about artificial intelligence. And so, so this idea, that as they're approaching these, um, these big projects, it's fascinating. Both of those companies have done um, agile development mm-hmm. and have chosen an agile approach, and it sort of fits with that. What what has been your guys' experience um, with incorporating agile? And um, you know, if you care to incorporate on the ish part, what yeah. what makes it agile ish? <laughs> um, I mean, we use um, we have multiple teams um, throughout the whole product. We have multiple teams that all focus on a specific aspect of the project mm-hmm. or of the product. Um, and my part is the conversation intelligence suite of products that we're building out. Um, so how that looks um, from a project management standpoint is um, is really starting the project, um, being able to. Um, work it to a point where it's in a from an idea phase to a design phase Um, and then from there we have you know five different stages of you know of the project so um, it's in design it's in you know once it gets handed off to a developer it's in development Um, and then a you know review stage a um, QA stage um, and then finally just a um, part where we're 90% done, we're almost ready to ship it, and then you know code review and all that stuff, um, and then finally shipping the product or shipping the product. Um, I think what makes it the I think what makes it agile-ish is that, um, like I said before, we're constantly kind of adjusting um, how we do projects um, and how we can um, how we can kind of ideate our own process. Hmm. Um, to make it, to improve it. Um, and we've gone through, you know, we've gone through, you know, play, times where it's taken six months to do a simple project to now where it takes, you know, two minutes. So question for you, in a, in a true kind of agile environment, the customer's mm-hmm. embedded with the team. Right. Um, is that the case in your environment or do you represent the customer? From that um, standpoint, yeah, it's a, I mean, it's a little bit of um, it's a little bit of both. Um, so we um, try our best to talk with customers um, as much as we can um, uh, to get an idea of how they would use it. Um, we show them designs of you know possible ways that we're going to build this out and get their opinion on things um, and really just get their get their um, input on how they would use it and primarily like. Um, if that would be successful for them. Um, mm. And then on our side, we do make some assumptions and go, okay, we think that the customer is going to use it this way. Mm. Um, so that's, you know, kind of how we begin to build it. Um, and, you know, now we're getting more into um, kind of doing more and more customer research um, from that standpoint, um, which I'm really excited about because, you know, our assumptions are only as good as, you know, as good as what we think. And, you know, those customers that we talk to, you know, they might just throw something at us that we're going, oh, we never thought about that before, but that would be awesome. Um, And, you know, being able to, being able to, you know, 
put that in the product so that you know more and more customers are excited about using CallRail has has been awesome. Mm-hmm. I've got to follow up on that. Yeah. How do you? I mean, I think we all struggle when we're dealing with projects that involve a product, something that we're going to build out that mm-hmm. has features and capabilities. We all struggle with knowing when to cut it off. You know, when what features are going to be the ones most used. And at what point are we just adding technical debt, right. you know, uh, featureitis, mm-hmm. and uh, losing control of our product? How do you, how are you able to measure those features that are that are delivering most of the value to the customer? Mm-hmm. Is that an ongoing conversation, or, or are there metrics that you can? Yeah, can so use? there are metrics, um, and and um, we you know we talk to customers um, every day, mm-hmm. um, whether it's from a support side or sales or you know our customer success team. Um, talks to those customers every day who are using those things, and mm-hmm. um, and if they have feedback on something, they're going to give it to us. Um, which I, is what I love about our customers is that they're not afraid to to say like this doesn't work for me. Right. This is how it could work for me. Um, but from a you know from a project standpoint, we have um, we have you know various flags in you know most of those features mm-hmm. um, the big features um, we have flags that we just you know from a development standpoint can put on um, a product and go okay somebody's actually using this nice. and we can look over time about how many you know how many people are using it what's the growth um, and you know with this uh, with call score, um, which is our uh, machine learning and um, call analysis um, platform. Um, with that, um, we decided at the last minute to make it free for everybody, um, which was pretty crazy from a project standpoint to just yeah. All of a do you still that. get paid, Adam? Or are you yeah. a paid paid <laughs> yeah, employee? Luckily. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we decided to um, we decided to make it free, um, which was awesome. We're the only company in the industry who does that. Wow. Um, and that was a, that was a, so that was a challenge from a project standpoint, cause we had it all built and we had all the pricing, like we had that all embedded into the code mm-hmm. and for at the last second to be like, Hey, by the way, we're making it free. You know, you just, okay. <laughs> all right. And you got to deal with that. And, um, but it's been awesome ever since we, you know, ever since we decided to do that and decided to market it very heavily, we've mm-hmm. seen and we've seen so much more hmm. uptake on how many people are using it. We went from 1% to like 7% of oh, wow. customers who are using it. Hmm. Just a note along what you were asking, Bill, with that whole idea of featureitis. Adam said something earlier about, you know, when we're 90% sure, and it just hmm. reminded me of an old quote that 90% of something is better than 100% of nothing. <laughs> and, you know, there are times when it's just time to get it out yeah. in the customer's hands. Right. Right. Start letting them interact with it mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. see how they use it and what works and what yeah. doesn't. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and I, I would imagine with machine language and artificial intelligence, you're able to get smarter and smarter with your product, yeah. right? As as you're because of the metrics you're able to capture and the conversations you can have with your customers, mm-hmm. you're able to feed that back. There's like a feedback loop. Yeah. Yep. How does that communication work? Because you have you've got really stupid customers like me on one end. Yeah. And then you have brilliant people that are kind of on, you know, they're in a special room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you're kind of stuck in between. So how do you manage uh, um, those, that Our feedback loop um, currently is, um, you know, uh, the more, I mean, the more and more calls that come in, the more we can, 
learn from those, the more that the more that the model can learn from that. Um, but also, um, our hope is that like, if people, if a customer rescores a call, so mm -hmm. say we score it as no, it's not a lead, but, um, they score it. At, yeah, that was, they, they think it was a lead. Um, we use that, um, rescore to basically feed it back into, um, feed it back into the model mm -hmm. and, um, and really just, uh, improve it from there. I think I'm a little bit in denial that every phone call we make, every click we, we do on a website is going to be recorded in a database every place we visit. <laughs> it's all yes. going to be vectored in and triangulated for some purpose. That's right. Um, Adam, I got a question for you back to the your project management and your methodology and your approach here. What, what do you see as maybe your biggest challenges from a project standpoint? Where, where have been the things that you've run into and struggled with? Where have you learned and grown the most mm -hmm. uh, since moving into this role? Um, I think from, you know, from a mere technology standpoint, I mean, there are a lot of things going in that I was not, that I was not, uh, that I didn't have uh, knowledge of. Right. Um, so there were a lot of, there were a lot of things like, you know, artificial intelligence as a, you know, as an idea and as like a industry that I wasn't comfortable with and that I didn't, you know, and my discomfort came from me just not knowing about it. Um, so, you know, being able to, being able to actually like really dive down and learn about those things as much as I could, as much as my brain could handle. <laughs> um, you know, I'm not a guy who knows a lot of math, who knows like the algorithm portion of it, but I know that somebody does. Um, and being able to really, um, I think the biggest challenge for me was being able to know that there is no way that I'm going to be able to learn this, but there is somebody that I can ask. Mm -hmm. um, and being able to be um, willing enough to ask questions and to learn from the questions that I ask and to truly listen to those, to the people who, you know, had the expertise in it was, you know, was what make the, what made this project successful. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm mentoring somebody right now. And one of the things that I'm trying to teach this individual is, um, ask questions to the point where you're comfortable mm -hmm. and don't be afraid of sounding uh, ignorant or stupid because that keeps a lot of us from asking basic questions. We sit in a meeting, we keep our mouth shut because we don't want to look silly. Mm -hmm. And um, I've kind of built a brand as being the guy that just annoyingly asks questions, <laughs> you know, sort yeah. of the Socratic <laughs> method of project management, mm -hmm. just keep pestering and until mm -hmm. I understand it. And that has that has served me well. I've been yeah. in so many situations, so so many, where I've asked a question that you know kind of gotten past that point of discomfort, and then other people in the room go, "Yeah, I was wondering that. <laughs> yeah. I was wondering that yeah. too." And yeah. that that always validates. Yeah. But I'm I'm glad to hear you say that. Yeah. That you know what I may not understand it, but I'm not afraid to ask questions. Right. Keeps yeah. a lot of people. Uh, in the dark because they are. We're all intimidated and we're all afraid hmm. everybody's going to figure out how dumb we really are. Yeah. And the truth is we're all figuring this out. Yeah. And being okay with something just changing like randomly and you just being like all of a sudden it's something different than what you thought or um, being able to being able to kind of overcome adversity in the way of like things that are unplanned are going to happen. Hmm. And um, being able to take that in stride and still, you know, maintain your head um, from a project standpoint is is huge. I'm curious uh, if could we go in a little deeper on that? You know, from from the whole start to finish on development. I, mm -hmm. I know what they say about hindsight, but yeah. but you know, any any surprises along the way? Anything that as you say, 
boy, if I'd known then what I know now. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, if I, if I know, yeah, if I knew then what I knew now, um, it would have gotten built like a lot faster. <laughs> um, and, um, uh, but that's like, that's the, that's the whole, um, I think that's the whole like artificial intelligence and machine learning world is that some, a lot of these things are not, um, a lot of these things aren't proven, you know, mm, sure. a lot of these things are brand new. So, you know, for somebody to do it well, or somebody to do it a little bit better is a win. Um, and I think, you know, I definitely think that, you know, if I, if I knew what I know now, um, that, this project would have been even more successful. You know, I'm definitely happy with where it is, um, you know, with where it is right now and where it's going. Um, but, you know, to be able to, to be able to know that, you know, how a customer wants to use it, um, before the fact, um, and to really, you know, be able to be able to dive down and, and, um, get that information. Um, if I would have known that right at the, right from the gate, like it would have been, it would have been so much more effective. Um, yeah. Isn't there a country song about, uh, I, I didn't know them, but I don't know now. And if there's not, <laughs> there we got another, yeah, yeah. There we, go. we got there another we go. thing but, we can do. Yeah. I was thinking of a Martin Mull song that, yeah. that says, I just button my lip and they all think I'm hip, but, uh, <laughs> but I, that doesn't really work uh, yeah. in, in this scenario. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, Adam Hoffman, we thank you so much yeah. for spending time with us today on Manage This. It's likely, though, that some of our listeners would be interested maybe in trying out CallRail's mm -hmm. conversation intelligence products. How can they get more information? Yeah, so um, callrail.com, um, just how it sounds. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, callrail.com is probably your best uh, source of information. You know, of course, we have, like, Twitter, and we post a lot of stuff on Instagram about fun things that we do. Um, and, um, you know, we have an entire page for um, conversation intelligence on there. Um, we do have like a free 14-day trial um, that a lot of our customers take advantage of. Um, and, you know, just, you know, our sales team is awesome. Um, and if you just call into call into them, they'll be able to answer any of your questions about, you know, about any of this. Um, and, you know, if they're unable to answer a question, they're able to find it really, really quickly. Well, Adam, once again, we thank you for sharing your expertise with us. We have a gift for you. Oh, awesome. Um, and, and like you, we thought about, you know, charging for this, and, and we had all the pricing information in place, but but we decided to make it free, <laughs> and that is this uh, nice. coffee mug. Awesome. You can take that home with you yeah, and enjoy. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> thank you. Well, thanks again, Adam. Eddie and Bill, as always, great to benefit from your perspective. And listeners, is anybody looking for PDUs? Who are you going to call? Us, of course. Your time with us means professional development units toward your recertifications. To claim your free PDUs for this podcast, just go to VelociTeach.com and select Manage This Podcast from the top of the page. Click the button that says Claim PDUs and just click through the steps. That's it for us here on Manage This. We hope you'll tune back in on May 2nd for our next podcast. In the meantime, you can visit us at VelociTeach.com slash Manage This to subscribe to this podcast to see a transcript of the show, or to contact us and tweet us at manage underscore this if you have any questions about our podcasts or about project management certifications. We always like hearing from you. That's all for this episode. Thanks for joining us. Until next time, keep calm and manage this.